Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Rugby Series. Today we're with Delika Menon from Canada. Absolute superstar and we're so excited to have her on board. We'd like to say a big thank you to the partners who have made the series possible. They are Boob Armour and Regardless. Boob Armour are a company from Australia that do really lightweight, thin implant implants? That's not right. Bonner, oh, what word <laughs> Um, inserts, 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 inserts. I'm just gonna leave that in. Okay. <laughs> really, and then lightweight inserts that go inside your sports bra um, to protect your breast during high impact activity. Uh, they're absolutely brilliant. You should definitely check them out. They're at www.boobarmer.au, and you can use the discount code Women Who Sport to get twenty percent off. We really can't recommend those guys enough. The other part that we're working with this series is Regardless, who make mouth guards they do boil and bite ones but also like custom fit mouth guards where they send you a mold that you can mold at home and send back into their labs and it's an absolute game changer it's like a dental fit mouth guard for a fraction of the price without leaving the house it pretty much doesn't get better than that right news of the week we weren't pre- prepared enough to research anything so our only news of the week this week is that Bonner has completed her phase one training at the RAF Woo-hoo. thanks friend Thank you. Oh, good. Should we get into it with Delica? Let's do it. Always be proud of who you are. Gotta hold your head up high. Don't let this moment pass you by. You can be anything you believe you can be. This world is waiting just for you. So go and shine and live the truth. You can be. You got into rugby grade seven. What year does that translate to in UK terms, just for our sakes and the listeners, more so ours? Um, so I don't even know exactly what year. It's uh, 12 years old, though. So okay. 12, 13. So pretty much kind of start a secondary school. Um, yeah. And watching previous interviews you've been, been involved in, it was a school teacher that suggested you get into the sport. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in grade six so that's like for us that's the end of primary school yeah he coached at the high school because that's when big deal you switch buildings and so um he he coached at the high school and yeah he suggested from like I don't know maybe gym class or whatever I think I was one of the more athletic girls and I was quite a bit bigger than most of the girls and he was like I think you'd really be good at rugby and so then going into grade seven I was like okay I'll sign up I genuinely had no idea what the sport was like my older sister signed up at the same time but we no concept of what I was getting into I knew it was a contact sport I knew the ball sort of looked like an American football and that was like my understanding of the sport I'd never watched it never seen it be played and yeah showed up and and the, it went well <laughs> so before we delve into your life as a rugby player did you play other sports before this? And had you any aspirations in those sports that you played before you took up rugby? Yeah, I played a bit of volleyball, which I was not very good at. And then I also, I didn't actually, I did tap dance and figure skating, which are far from rugby. I think the only one that I had true aspirations was dance. And I didn't even want to be a tap dancer. I wanted to be like one of those like, really graceful like ballerina type people but I didn't fit like I literally would look at them and be like I don't fit in that class so I did tap dance instead and I did that (laughs) until I was like 14 years old 
not very good at it. Like I, people then ask to like see the skill now and I'm like, you don't like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but no, I didn't really have much aspiration in sports at all. Like I wouldn't say my family would have thought that'd be a path that I would naturally go down. Mm. And forgive my naivety, but in Canada, where does rugby sit in the kind of scale of the sports world? Is it quite a big sport um, or is it something that you're just fortunate to have kind of crossed this teacher that was like, you should probably play? Um, it's, it's growing in popularity. I would say compared to when I started to like, even now it's far more popular. It's not by any means like a core sport in Canada. Like people, you still meet people that are like, oh, Um, like I'll be like oh I play rugby and they're like oh I didn't even know that was sort of thing so it's not really popular from a viewing platform like it's the Olympics has definitely helped because obviously our sevens team has done quite well so from that point of view it's getting popular but it's really common in small schools um, where football um, like American football is it's too expensive because of all the equipment it requires so instead of having a football team they'll have a rugby team and um especially like so for boys like I would guess it was a replacement for boys who wanted to play but couldn't play football but then it's really popular among the girls especially where I'm from in southern Alberta it's a really rural area small towns and stuff and there's a rugby team in every small town and that's obviously how I got started and it's I know from like even going home, it's still one of the more popular sports for girls to play in that teenage age. Yeah. And from school, did you then join a club pretty much straight away? No, I didn't actually start playing club rugby until I was 18. One of my other coaches, he was on the Rugby Alberta board, which um, led me to playing sort of rep rugby for my province. So we used to have, it's sort of adjusted now, but it used to have like these huge tournaments where each province would send a team and you'd play for your province. And so I got selected for that when I was 14 and I played up through that. Um, So I did the age sort of the build through that. It's really expensive though. Like it's not, I paid, I can't remember exactly how much I paid each year. It was a good couple thousand dollars to play each year. And I would like, (laughs) I would work all summer so that I could afford to play. And then from there is how I got selected for U20 Canada and stuff. So, Right, that's cool. That is, it's, uh, I guess, like a different way that we have like a setup to what we have in the UK. But mm. it seems to really work given that Canada women's team smash it on the World <laughs> Series. So uh, they must be doing something right. <laughs> so that leads on to our, our next question. In an interview, you mentioned that rugby fits your personality could you expand on what what you mean by this and I'm assuming this is probably what got you hooked on rugby and why you're still playing it here today but what did you mean Um, I guess it's for me like for me especially rugby as much as it's a contact sport it's not really about like it's not an aggressive sport in my head like the contact's a part of the game but it's far more like team-based and like built on individual skills so obviously for me who especially when I started like I said I was one of the more athletic girls but that wasn't like wow look at this athlete that was just like she was like a big body for her age like effective on the rugby field if that makes sense so it was it took what I had like the few strengths I had quite young 
and combine that also in a team setting where like for me was big on like friendships and like I was able to make so many close friends and you're playing this contact sport where you're it's really is you're doing little things to try to just keep you going and in turn you're able to use your own personal qualities to advance the team if that makes sense and so I was able to find like such a niche spot in it too like props and props don't tend to like play up like you (laughs) the girls who play prop in high school don't tend to play prop like or they don't make it to the higher levels and I sort of just fit and then I learned to love it and in turn like embrace that and so I don't know it's sometimes it just feels like I was built to like play the sport and in turn it's sort of become part of my personality. <laughs> well, this is actually what I was going to ask why I hesitated for the last question because I was like I had a question in mind when you're speaking before had you always played prop and by that by your answer you had but you play like you've had back row experience well, like your explosion and skill set <laughs> I'm like Gal could be an eight. Well I actually so I started in my when I first started I was uh they put me at hook which was exciting except they also lifted me in the lineup it does define my size difference as I got older and then I got moved to prop when I was about like 15 and that's where I so I played prop for like Alberta and up through that's how I got selected there but then my last two years of high school they did put me at eight and I had a riot and on my club team back home I am the backup 12 if no one else is available (laughs) but that's only if no one else is available crash ball 12 that would be so so good to see (laughs) oh so fun so at what point did you think I've got a shot at Canada here um well it sort of didn't like it came really gradually because even when I played Alberta I was just like oh it's just an opportunity like I can't see myself like my first year of Alberta I wasn't like oh I'm gonna do this every year like this is it was just sort of a, I enjoyed doing it. So I thought, well, I might as well pursue it while it's available. And then even when I got selected for U20, like I remember, um, well, actually the first time I got selected for a Canada camp, I was too scared to go. I was 15 years old and it was a senior women's camp and I was, I was absolutely terrified. And so I faked food poisoning because I felt like I had to have a reason not to go. I was like, I'm so ill. <laughs> And I told my parents to tell them that, like, I was like, I can't make it. And I was really young at the time. Like I was 14 or 15 when I got invited. So it wasn't even likely that I would have been selected. Like, it wasn't like I was going and it was just like, they invited a ton of people. Like it was like almost just open trials kind of thing. And I was like, I have to refuse by lying and stuff. So that was, <laughs> that was my first time. And then uh, for U20, so I got an invite to try out and we had to go do testing And it was like six girls from Alberta that had to go testing with like a group of 25 boys that were also trying out. And I was like, well, I'll try it. Probably won't. Like I had absolutely no expectation. And then I got selected for the camp and I was going with a a friend who had also been selected. And uh, there was about six of us flying from Calgary to Vancouver. And it was, there was a snowstorm and um, my, (laughs) my flight got canceled. And I was like, we missed the first full day and eventually got there. And I was like, well, the chances that I'm going to make it are even lower now. And I was like, but I'll do the camp. Like, it'll be good. And then I got, I ended up getting selected to, to go and stuff. And I was like, 
shocked. I was like, oh my goodness. And it was really expensive. It was five grand to go. And I was like, I don't have the money. I'm surprised I'm even going. Like it was really insane. And I, I, I fundraised for months. This was like the longest like selection process I'd ever experienced. So I fundraised for months. I ended up convincing uh, some friends to give me the extra grad money <laughs> and just like file that in so I could afford to go on this trip. And then after that, um, the, I guess the first thought I had that maybe I could be good at was when I got Rugby Canada Youth Player of the Year that year. And I was just shocked. And I remember going up to, I, they flew me out to receive the award. And um, I was just, I was like, I have to say something. They gave me the award and I was like, thank you so much. I really didn't think I'd get here. Like, I just re really appreciate the offer and I hope that I can continue. And I think that's was like, when I was like, oh, maybe I can, like, maybe if I try hard enough. And then when I got selected for the senior women's team, um, probably two years after that, I got invited to a camp and then I made it. And I was just like, maybe like, it was always a maybe though. I don't even think I've played on the team now for like five years. And I think it's still in my head. A maybe. Like, <laughs> <make> <laughs> that actually sounds like us, me and Rona are like that constantly. <laughs> We're like, you never know. You never know. Oh, Delique. So there was so much in that that I didn't know about you. And we've lived together for years. Oh, gotta keep some things a secret, Rona. It's yeah. not exciting anymore. So that just takes us on really nicely to what we want to speak to you about next, which was like your experience playing for Canada. Because I think Canada as a country are in such a like unique position because the women's team are a lot stronger than the men's, like relatively in the world rankings. Like Canada sitting third in the world, even despite not being a big rugby nation. And as well, like as you've touched on, until very recently you were in a pay-to-play model and I think like so good for people to know because I think we always compare ourselves to to England nations always compare themselves to England and and wanting more but actually Canada is showing that you can perform without the support so I guess first I guess we chat about like what makes Can Canadian women's team so strong yeah for Canada especially just like to fully understand what the pay-to-play model was and stuff so our age grade stuff is still all pay to play. And the senior women, it was actually only my first year, so 2015, that it was no longer pay to play. Um, and it's because um, we have the Monty Heald Fund, which is a fund outside of uh, Rugby Canada that is strictly for the women. It was created for the women um, that is a donate, obviously a, a donation cause and people can donate to that. And that money is strictly used for the women now. It's hard to understand like even I don't fully understand it because the men the men are professional uh they're fully funded the sevens are all fully funded and then the 15s we're not obviously we're not fully funded we are we've had a lot of improvements like we're not a pay paid to play model um I think there are hopes to eventually pay something for the women like we we did receive a a few um small amounts for some tours before the last world cup and stuff. But I think what makes our program so strong is like the girls want to be there. Like not that, and it's, it's just in a different sense when you're, you're giving up so much to play, like, especially we fair enough, we don't pay to be there, but you give up three weeks of work to be there and get absolutely nothing, like no monetary, like backing you're sacrificing quite a bit to, to do that. And so I think, 
when you think of the type of people who are willing to do that, I think it just takes a lot of like mental strength and, and you have to do so much on the side to make it work. You have to fit in trainings. And we obviously, it varies from where you are in the country. We've got a couple of training centers that the girls have access to. Like there's one in the um, East Coast, there's one in the West Coast, and there's quite a few girls like Montreal, Toronto. And that's just strictly lucky with like the population of that area. So more girls live in that area. So they have access to that, but it's hard. Like where I'm from, um, like I went to school in Calgary and we have people who are willing, like we have programs that uh, they're trying to set up or they're trying to make work, but it's just not to the same like capacity or it's, there's just not enough girls. So like I could go, but there'd only be maybe three senior women so you can't train, like you can't do passing and stuff. So a lot of it's, you do so independently and there's an expectation that when, with such short amount of time, you got to show up to camp ready to go. Like, and because you can't maybe do that rugby wise, you do that fitness wise. So I would say Canada from an athletic point of view is like, we have some very impressive athletes in the terms of just like athletic ability. And um, I have noticed that these are all like eight foot and absolutely jacked. Uh, but I think anybody that plays in Allianz Prem, like with any Canadian players, like would never fault your guys' work rate. Like you all work so hard and, and it's so impressive. And it's really cool that that comes from just like an organic, like want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even I know like some of the girls I'd met through uh, Rugby Canada and stuff, I just hear their stories of like when the program was paid to play or or when they were still fighting to be recognized as like a real program or just recognition from um, Rugby Canada and from still building up where, cause I think all women still experience it where it's like women don't like people think women shouldn't play rugby or stuff like that. So it's not taken as seriously, but it's so just seeing those girls and hearing their stories, especially when I first entered the program and they were talking about how um, there'd be like, all the girls kit wouldn't fit because they weren't getting like, they would just get leftovers or stuff like that. Like those kind of stories just really build a, a culture behind it, I guess. And, and we're always about thinking about where we're coming from and, and the girls that worked so hard to get us to the point where we're not paying. Like that's such a huge deal for us still. Whereas like being over here, especially with England who has an amazing setup, like you, you can't fault them, but there's a lot of girls in the England setup that, I don't think always fully appreciate what other people went through because they've now had it for a little while. Like that's the expectation versus like this really amazing thing that there's the girls who like would appreciate that so much, even just a little bit of what they had would go so far. So I guess that's, that definitely builds on the mentality of, of our, even just our coaching staff who are like working so hard to make like a penny stretch so far. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. And as well, like, I know you speak about your scrum coach all the time who's a volunteer. He's actually Scottish. I need to meet this man to be like, where are you? But, he, like, he's a full-time volunteer. And, yeah, Dilly Pay's, like, calling all the time and stuff. Like, I think it's yeah. the players and the programme. Like, it, it just, it's really inspiring, actually. No, and, and our, our coaches, I give full credit to. They put so much effort in. And, yeah, just like, so Duncan, our, our forwards coach, well, he's, he's more like the front row coach, but yeah, even through, he watched all our games. Like our coaches watch all our games. They post them on the group chat. So girls know where to watch them. And, um, and he gives me like, he'll 
he'll call me up and be like this and this you need to work on or like you did amazing or it's just really it's just really good to feel like even though we haven't been together that they're still keeping up with us in whatever way they can they seem to have really created like a sense of value even the fact that they're watching your games and providing that feedback to an outsider I don't think could appreciate just how valuable that is to a player it's like crap Mm -hmm. the time that they've put to one side to watch that game in in your coach's case voluntary like wow that it just gives you a sense of, of value and I think that is such an important feeling to have especially in the women's game yeah. when you don't get your value from being paid yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because most women are still just playing because they love it like it's not like we're building a career like we're not making enough money to be like and now I'll eventually buy a house with what I've made like that's not a thing we're doing it's genuinely just like I love this sport. I'm still physically able to play this sport. So we're going to keep doing it. You'll buy a child's plastic playhouse. (laughs) This is where I live now. And I go. (laughs) The Canadian team, you guys, you kind of get together for major tours. You don't have a lot of time together because you are all so spread out. But on top of that as well, there's like a lot of the girls speak French and their first language is French. And there isn't like a, a literal language barrier within the same team. So when you guys all get together one week before a game and there's girls you've never met before and they don't speak your language, like how do you make that work? Um, they do like, it's, it's sort of a balance, I think. And girls are really good about trying to make sure that we're all like, everything's clear to everyone because that is like, so our, our coach now, Sandro, doesn't speak French, but our previous coach, Francois, did speak French. And he, I would say at times his French was a little better than his English. So it was sort of funny to experience that because not only do you have girls that um, are speaking French and they they prefer instruction in French because it's clearer. You have a coach that at times speaks in French as well. And all of a sudden, and that's, that's a different feeling because Canada we obviously have um, one province that's very French and then there's French bits throughout, but it is still quite predominantly English. So me going in, I don't know a single bit of French. And then he would say something in French. And I'm like, okay. And I just like that though, really helped me understand what those girls are going through too. Cause there's moments where they say, like, I'm sure there's moments where someone speaks in English and they're like, mm, no. And it's cool to also then meet some girls that are new to the program who don't speak that uh, English that well and then as you see them at different um, tournaments their English improves or like girls are working to learn French and like little things like that and I've had moments on we had one game I remember that our entire back line happened to be French and they put me in the back line and then they were speaking French and they told me something that was like can you please repeat it in English I have no idea what you want me to do right now um, which was really funny, but it's a cool dynamic. And I would say the girls are all really good about it. They, we have, when we have a meeting, if something's said, there's a lot of time if someone's confused or there's a bit of a language barrier, someone's always willing to step up and they'll, we get girls like translate it for other girls. But um, yeah, it's sort of fun. Like as much as I wish I spoke French, it would make me so much cooler. But uh, the girls that are definitely who come and have to learn predominantly English because that's maybe what the majority is at that point um I have full respect for them and and at times I can I'm just sort of happy that there's a majority of English 
but now even I would actually say that we have quite at least one third that speak French now or maybe above that like it's quite impressive yeah that's really cool and as well we kind of touched on it earlier in terms of like the fitness aspect and like being ready for camp and like I know from like living with you and playing at Loughborough like one way that you get yourself ready for Canada camp is by being like super strong and you squat like 160 which I think for a female athlete is ridiculously impressive like we're so in awe and I think there's still this kind of stigma associated with like being a female athlete and lifting weights but you really embrace like just being a powerful athlete and the strengths of that so yeah I guess what can you just talk to us in general about um squatting 160 and what that feels like because we just we don't know what it'll ever be like yeah well I think it's actually taken me a long time to be it sounds weird, but it's actually taken me a long time to be okay with being strong. Like in high school, so I didn't start lifting weights until university. So just imagine if I'd had prep in high school. Um, but like in high school, I, I like, I think a lot of girls in, in high school had a lot of body confident issues. And I don't think that they're fully gone. Like, I think I still struggle with it quite a bit. But in high school, I used to just run like, I was a bit bigger in high school is a kind way of putting it. And I remember when I sort of wanted to, at this point, just wanted to be good at rugby. Like I was playing it. I'd been selected for, it was after my first year of Alberta. And I just sort of wanted to be, I think I'd had one game where they'd commented on my fitness and it just, it really did get to me. And so I was like, I'm going to get fit. So um, through high school, I only ran. Like I was like, the only thing you have to do to be a fit athlete is to have endurance. So I ran. And I remember when I first started doing it, I did a year where actually, I think it was two years I'd run uh, five days a week. And I remember the first time I did it, I could only run for 15 minutes. And then I was like, I can't, like I'm done. But I did that for the first year I did that. And I slowly built it up throughout the weeks. And I was running 45 minutes to an hour, five times a week. And I obviously I slimmed down a bit um but that was where I sort of first started even just exercise like taking exercise seriously and for me especially like my parents are quite fit my both my sisters are quite fit just naturally um and so I also didn't want to like I did not want to gain muscle like I was like I just want to be thin like if I could just be thin and fit like I was really thought about beauty standards and stuff like that and then I started university and started lifting weights and um I was I am quite like nat like I don't know if naturally strong but I have like a good amount of strength without having to like do a lot of weight lifting um but when I first started doing it I did I was like oh well I don't want to lift too heavy because I don't want to start to look too muscular or because I was already such a like I'm five eight like I'm not a small woman so like I thought about it a lot and through university I thought about it and it would stress me out and I would still prefer to do fitness even though I hate it over like a weight session and I think Lathra is where I sort of found like that I could be like really strong like I could take that and like really run with it because I did it in uni I do squats and stuff but it was never like pushed like oh you should aim to get as heavy as possible and then at Lathra especially I've been able to sort of push that and I've sort of gained like especially when you have a group of girls so encouraging about it, it's really exciting to see other people be like, oh, Delika, like you'll be able to do this. Or like, 
even just the coaching staff we have here being like, Delika, you have the potential to lift really heavy. And then I sort of started to embrace it. And now I'm just like, I love lifting weight. I think it's really hard. And I think I still dislike it because of that. Cause I'm a bit of a lazy person naturally, but like, it's such a fun thing to do. It's, it's something that you can see the progress so easily. Like as you slowly put weight on the bar, you're like, I like even this year from where I started to where I ended, I'm just, if I've learned to take such pride in that. And in turn, I've been able to now learn how to use that strength in my sport. And now it's something that I, I want to reach. Like I want to be able to lift heavier. I want to do that. And in turn, I want like other girls to be okay being strong. Cause I think even, even in Loughborough where girls are do, we're playing at one of a higher level of rugby, there's still girls that don't want to gain muscle. Like they don't want anyone to consider that like a masculine trait. And I've, my journey through it has been like rocky, but I've come to like love that part about myself and really embrace that and want to pursue it. Yeah, like totally agreed in terms of, I definitely see that in the younger girls that some of them are still like, oh no, I, I, yeah, I don't want to do this. Don't lift heavy weights. But it's like, no, it'll, it'll make you so much better. Um, but I think stories like yours can really, yeah, inspire people and make them see that actually like being strong is really cool and it also means you can run over people on the pitch <laughs> and single man lift people like <laughs> you've got Delica lifting is happy days that you get airtime with lifter Delica <laughs> it is it definitely makes it is quite funny though when you you have girls like comment on it lifting I never thought I was that good at it. And then here people are like, oh, Deliga, you're doing all the work. And I'm like, well, I'd appreciate if someone else helped me a little bit. It's two people doing this. Why am I doing all the work? Honestly, like I can't describe the difference you make in a lift. It's so good. <laughs> it's your superhuman strength. I think you just need to accept it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to finish up on Plinth Canada, am I right in thinking you've got 28 caps now? I, I think it's 28. I think we say 28 caps and that doesn't sound like a huge amount, but Canada, you guys don't play a lot of games. Like that's, you've not missed a game in a lot of years. So yeah, I only missed one tournament in just after the World Cup. I decided to take, like we had um, a tournament, uh, well, even just, I think it was like three games in England right after the 2017 world cup and at that point i'd come home and done university and i was like i just need to focus on uni i'd done so many tours trying to do homework and it was just i was like i'm not going to go to that one so i've only missed one but yeah we don't have the amount of games we have has increased but we still don't we get like a good year and obviously covid's not an example of this but like a good year we're getting maybe maybe like five games on a really good year or six games like that'd be a lot for us so like pre-world cup was the most I played in one year and I think that was um maybe actually it would have been six before the world cup and that was like I was like frick I do not have the time for this like I keep having to go play games and that was like maybe four weeks of my life that I dedicated to it out of those 20 caps we think the do you have like a a most memorable or a, a favorite or just something that sticks out in your memory there's probably my first cap is obviously really memorable I 
mostly because it was also not my hometown, but Calgary, where I went to university. My first cap was in Calgary and we played New Zealand and I got on for, I think, two minutes. And in that process, I got destroyed. Like the girl just flattened me. And I just remember because afterwards a coach came up to me and was like, Talika, are you okay? Because <laughs> you got demolished. <laughs> like, so that one's really memorable um, <laughs> in a funny way. And then um, the another really memorable one was the first time I got to start. And I just remember it was the third game I played, I got to start. And it was because we'd lost to the U.S., uh, previously. Um, and I think our coach was just really upset and he was like, just put the new people on. <laughs> We're going to make a point here. And I got to start and I genuinely was terrified before the game. I was like, I'm, I'm going to die. Like we played England too. We played England. And I was like, I think, I think I'm, this is going to be the end of me. And for some reason it was like a pick and go game. Like they were like middle of the field, just pick and go, just keep going. And I was like, you got me joking and uh no and after that game uh Francois who was our coach at the time came up to me and um it was a weird interaction I think he put his hand on my face like it was like he like cupped half my face and was like well done that's all he said and I was like oh And uh, no, I would think those two stand out the most. Obviously, like World Cup games, like the first one at the World Cup was an amazing experience. Like those stick out, but it's the little things, like the quirky things that you remember the most, I think. And so those two definitely come to mind a lot. And I'm just like, that was my first tour. And I'm never going to forget those weird coaches, like coach interactions. As well as like all the high level rugby that you've played for Canada over the years, something that I think people might not know about you is that you're also a Mormon and you I guess have had rugby's taking you on like a a very different path than I guess your your peers in the church might have been on and I know that's a conversation that we've had before in terms of a lot of young Mormons in their early 20s oh go on a mission but you you didn't you didn't go on a mission but you did come to the beautiful UK and the beautiful Loughborough to to compete and develop your rugby dream so if you're comfortable could you chat to us about that yeah no um yeah I am Mormon another just to clarify that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a lot of people call us Mormons which is a fun term not a bad term just sort of makes me laugh and um no I I yeah I joked about when I moved to the UK I remember because I joked with my mom because she was like it was obviously a big move. Like it's a stressful move. And then I was only supposed to go for a year and I went for two and then I went for three. <laughs> and um, no, I joked with my mom cause she served a mission. She actually served a mission in, uh, in the UK when she was 22, 20, 21, 22, and just happened to actually be quite close to Loughborough. Like she served like in the Leicester area, which I just think is absolutely hilarious. Um, and so I joked with her that this was my my mission. And she was like, it's not the same thing. To like, I was like, what are you talking about, mom? I'm over here spreading my beautiful face to the world. It's almost, it's almost like the exact same thing. Yeah, she didn't find it as funny as I did, but yeah, no. So no, I'm here. I have taken a bit of a different path. Like um, I don't, like I'm sure there's lots of um, Mormon athletes out there. I'm sure there's a lot that we just don't know about, but it is a bit different than what 
um, people typically think of Mormons. Like uh, most people think Mormon and they think 21 married with like seven children. Like that's like the stereotype people think. And obviously I'm uh, 25 single rugby player living in the UK, <laughs> hanging out. So no, a bit different, not, not exactly what you'd expect, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really cool. And if, why is Mormon a funny term? Well, so it's so we, yeah, we're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're called Mormons because we have the, we obviously use the Bible, but then we have a Book of Mormon, which is very similar to the Bible. And that defining difference, what got us the nickname. So people call us oh. Mormon based on this book that we read. And it sort of just became a universal term, which isn't like, the thing is I catch myself using it as well. So it's like, like I define myself as a Mormon, um, but they do like uh, our leaders and stuff do want us to encourage people to say Latter-day Saint instead because it defines the church a bit more. Um, but we all learn, we all grow. And I'm really bad at telling people that because I sort of am used to calling myself Mormon as well. What well, was funny there? Because I was going to say like Christian, or, but then I didn't want to get it wrong. So I said Mormon, but actually well, Mormon is helped. a wee bit wrong. Well, if it helps uh, educate the people, Christian, a lot of people think we're not Christian, but Christian just means you believe in God, uh, like Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. Like that's the definition of Christian. So we do, we are technically Christians, but because we're a little bit different than most Christians, I think they don't like, a lot of people don't put us in that bubble and they like to really define us separately, which is, I think, why we also have a different name. So if someone were referred to me as Christian, I would not disagree until they, and then if they asked me what church I went to, I would clarify if that helps. It's actually so fascinating. So for the purpose of, well, the future, should we call you a Latter-day Saint? That, that is the correct term. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning so much on this podcast. I love it. <laughs> So on that note, how do you balance being a Latter-day Saint and rugby? It's, I think it, what's different, well, not what's different, but like religion nowadays is very much sometimes thought of as like a, a Sunday thing or like you go to church and then it's not really, it doesn't affect you as much during the week. Whereas like, for me, it like sort of defines like me as a person, I guess. And, and it just like little things. So just things that people immediately think of. So like, I don't drink alcohol, um, or drink coffee. I, um, obviously go to church. Well, I try to go to church every Sunday, but like COVID is really put a damper on that. <laughs> um, no, I, it's, it's hard. Cause it's not, I don't think it's like such a visible thing, but then people do notice like it's, I, I don't really know how to explain it without like going into detail about what it's about which we can do but like things people know it's like I try to not like swear or like use like vulgar language if that makes sense or like there's like modesty rules and stuff that we sort of live by and it's such a it's like little things in our lives that are a little bit different than that people I don't think would notice immediately and then obviously our values when people find out like what our values are and stuff that's sort of the defining factor but it's just far it's 
it's meant to be a a daily activity not just like a sunday activity if that makes sense yeah no definitely and have you found that there's ever been any conflict between rugby and your religion um well i guess it it varies from level level for example like so church on sunday like yeah sundays are meant to be a day of rest um like a day to like focus on um church or on on beliefs and stuff like that and and I guess sometimes and and just preface this like I'm no expert on my own religion <laughs> just the one anyone any uh Latter-day Saints out there are listening to me like oh my goodness what's this girl talking about but, um, <laughs> you know like Sundays are obviously supposed to be taken you take time to like contemplate or you go to church or you spend time with family and I was not so much here because our games here are on Saturdays but back home rugby especially international and university actually was played on a Sunday so I remember the first time I had to play a game on Sunday my parents were like just they they wanted me to be very aware of what I was doing like they were just like this is not something that we would encourage but we we know you're passionate about the sport and and it's your choice but we just want you to recognize that and I do know like I know girls who refuse to play on Sunday and for me I guess like my own personal conflicts was like when you're playing internationally also and you're you're a small fish on the team or you feel like a small fish on the team kind of thing those kind of things of like saying no or like sort of standing up that's a and I respect anyone who can do it because I know I struggle with that and playing on a Sunday became a thing it's sort of normalized to me which I don't know if I'm proud of but like I would try to slip to church before the game or like I know I'd have I'd go for an hour and then I'd like have to run to a game and like (laughs) I'd have like a full face of makeup because we obviously was quite nice to go to church and I'm like I'm ready for the game (laughs) putting my regular (laughs) on and stuff and and my parents I think have struggled with it too because at times they like won't come to a game if it's on a Sunday um, and they're like, they love watching our games and stuff, but just for them, like recognizing that church is an important thing to us and, and our religion's important. And so in that way, it's sort of conflict sometime. And it's still, I don't think I found a balance for it yet. I, um, I still have like struggles here and there, but it's sort of, that's where it's like my mindfulness over maybe having, being able to go to church on a Sunday because of like a sporting event or something. And and taking an hour or something to either read the scriptures or just ponder like those kind of things I think in that way it conflicts and and then from a from a belief point of view which um it can conflict I don't I don't know how much well I've obviously spoken to Rona quite a bit about um my religion but for you Vons I don't know how much you know but the church itself doesn't support um like lgbtq relationships like it's a very like man and woman like heterosexual religion and i've had a lot of girls like then ask me if i'm like do i support my lgbtq friends or like because obviously in rugby we do have quite a large population that fit within that category and stuff and um i've had it's opened up a lot of good conversations because i do think like rona said there's there are uh perspectives on on religion and how people treat each other and stuff like that and and for me as and once again like I'm not speaking for every member out there but 
my religion doesn't affect how my, how I think my friends should live. It doesn't affect my expectations around them. Our church at the end is still about loving and caring for people. And me expecting someone to um, feel the same, like to follow a rule that they don't believe in is not like, that's not on me to do. That's not, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives. And, and I, I wouldn't even say I disagree with LGBTQ relationships, but I don't live my life with those choices on like, I don't live my life that way, but I have yeah. absolutely no reason to judge someone else for doing so. If that makes sense. Like at the end of the day, whatever religion you're in still supports, like the biggest one is you, I guess the biggest, I call it a rule, but it's in the sort of like, it's you love your, you love your neighbors, whether they agree with you or disagree. It's still a, it's still a religion based on caring and caring for your community and stuff like that. So I guess that's where it would also conflict. A lot of girls, I've had a lot of really cool discussions about it, but um, yeah, it's, it, it does sometimes people find out that I'm Mormon or a Latter-day Saint and, and they immediately think I have like an issue with the community in it. And then, yeah, it's, it's led to some cool discussions. Yeah, no, it is, it is, you could essentially open a can of worms and discuss it till like <laughs> you're blue in the face, but like personally from like I guess speaking on behalf of Rona as well that like you're the most caring human to be around like I've never once I do you know I've probably never once thought Delika being a Latter-day Saint has got a problem with this yeah. I, I think that's I, maybe like naive from my point of view not having much knowledge about the religion but just because of how you are and like we're all pals I would I've never really like that's never really crossed my mind yeah it's and I think the funniest experience I had and this was with Rugby Canada actually so we had a tournament in Utah and I don't know obviously being over here you guys might not know as much but Utah is like one of the highest presented like percentage wise of Latter-day Saints in one area like it's where the headquarters of the church is and stuff and you can go and they have Temple Square which has like uh this huge temple on it and has like um places where you can go and visit and learn and stuff and I remember when we got there everyone was like looked at me and was like Delika we're in your homeland and I was like I'm not from Utah but okay I'm ready for it kind of thing and they asked me I had about 12 girls and they were like can you take us around Temple Square as though I like lived in the era they're like um and had I been there before Yes, my family has been there before. That's not the point. So I remember I took, I took these 12, it was like 12 of our girls, like down to Temple Square. And it was really cool though. Like we walked around, they, they asked me a question about our, uh, my religion and um, like our belief standards. Cause, and, and just for like a little bit of clarity, like the Mormon, Mormon, see, it's Latter-day Saint. Shame, I need to like <laughs> The religion itself is based on the family and uh, which is partly why, like, it's based on having a mother and a father and having children and in turn teaching them the religion and, and continuing on. And it's, we do a ton of like family history in our, our church. Like it's about spreading the gospel, but also about families. Like it's, it is like a big thing that I want to do eventually is have like marry and have a family. Like those are 
really important values to me. And so in our church, when you sort of look at it from like that, it, it makes a bit more sense because having children is such a major part of it. And like when you have a, a same-sex relationship that it sort of just like is a bit of a barrier to that. Not that it's anything, but that's partly why the religion has its views. And, and so we were going and they were asking questions about like women's rights. Cause obviously like it is, we have quite a few male leaders. And so it was just a really interesting experience. And these girls were like, at the end of it, like, I, I just hope that people realize that if, if anyone who's like a Latter-day Saint is judgmental of you for whatever reason, then I think they're a poor representation of what the church is about, whether, whether we support something directly or not, it's still about sharing and, and sharing the gospel with people and having conversations and trying to like grow as a person and, and love those around you. And I've had rugby, if anything, has helped me have conversations about that because back home, like you don't really get those opportunities with other members. They know what you're talking about. But on a rugby team, I would say a good 98% don't really understand um, my religion and and they have lots of questions. And I, in turn, have had to become a better member myself because I have to ask, answer questions about my religion that I sometimes don't fully know the answer to. (laughs) It is so funny though, Delica, because there's so many like, super interesting things about your religion and yet at a rugby setting if people find out that you're part of the Latter-day Saints the first thing they ask is do you drink and then the second thing they'll ask is like are you okay with gay couples (laughs) (laughs) it's actually so ridiculous that of all the interesting things you could tell people that they're the two burning questions it's just quite funny I've learned a lot like for example even just the drinking thing because rugby itself is like like drinking is like sort of a part of the culture like it's ingrained in the sport and and people find out they're they're like oh do you drink and I'm like no and then they always ask why like there's always there's it's very interesting that that question always comes with a why don't you do something whereas like I don't know if someone were to be like do you speed and I said no they wouldn't be like well why don't you break (laughs) something that happens like so um no, and, and I usually, my answer is usually it's a personal choice because the other thing is people think that my church is made up of rules and it's, it's, that's not how it is. It's still their values and it's still my choice whether I follow them or not. So I always answer, I'm like, well, it's like from a personal point and a religious point. And then they're always like, oh, what religion? And I'm like, wow, let's get into this one. And um, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I think I think we also sort of like just live in an age where we are just majority of the population is getting away from a religious side. So when you meet someone who still takes the religion quite seriously, it's almost like, what, like, what is wrong with you? Just like a little bit and not in a bad way. Cause I love talking about religion. I have, I have nothing about it. If anything, because the other thing is people give challenging questions. And because even, even when you think about it, like, I've had people be like, well, well, why would you believe? Like, what about that? And the thing about religion is you don't always have an answer for why you believe it. It's just something that you feel or you support and it, it makes you happy. And I think at the end of the day, that's what people need to remember is, is we're trying to live the best life we can. And in my way of doing that is following a religion that has 
maybe things that you don't fully understand or you don't think are true or whatever the real. And my job is not to convince people that things are true. That's the other thing I think people expect when they talk to someone who's religious is they expect people like, well, no, this is true. And I expect you to respect that. And you're like, well, no, like I believe it, but that doesn't put the expectation on you to believe it either. Like you don't have to, but you should respect that I do. And in turn, that's sort of like what I've been able to experience in rugby is, is once you get to know someone and, and a lot of times people get to know me before they find out my religion. And, and I think that's sort of a defining factor is a lot of times people take something and they create a view of it. And then when they meet someone and they didn't know that about them, it alters like they now have to put two views together and people are like, well, Delika, like she's a bit different, like, but at the, in a good way, like, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense, but it's, it's been very interesting. And, and it does make me sort of think sometimes, because then when people know about my religion or like, know that I have certain standards, like I've had people, um, I think the funniest was we were at a rugby, like a post rugby tournament. We were all together and we were having drinks and stuff. And I obviously just had, they always, they're so like the close friends in the rugby community also are always like, Delica, what do you want to drink? I'll bring you anything. What kind of soda do you want? Like, we'll get you something. Like they're so accommodating to it. And so like, I was sitting there, I can't remember, some kind of fizzy beverage or something. And then um, a girl who I didn't know very well on the team, she was quite drunk at the time was like, Delica, do you want to drink? And I was like, oh no. She's like, no, 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 you have to drink it. And I've never had more people come behind me and be like, whoa, 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 Delika doesn't drink. Don't make her, you can't make her do that. She doesn't drink, she's a Mormon. Like, don't, it's so funny. And I appreciate those things. Like, I think that's what's nice is like, as much as they don't fully understand what I believe in or like even fully support it, you build these friendships where people are like so ready to defend you and they have absolutely no idea what they're defending you from. Like, like, I will protect you from this. Don't you worry. And I like, I appreciate that so much, but then in turn, it does the same thing for me. Like if I had a friend that somebody commented negatively about their life choices, whether I support them or not, I'm like, you just learn to defend each other for whatever reason. And I think that's why I love rugby is it's such a community thing. And once you're friends, you're friends for life. Like you don't, you don't have to be around each other all the time to, to have those friendships. You see each other once a year and you're like, oh my goodness, I love you. <laughs> I think you've just like nailed your point and like you kind of brought our questions to like a really nice end and, and kind of highlighted probably why all three of us love the game so much. Yeah. And- yeah. It is just the rugby at the end is just a ton of very different people to coming together in a sport that doesn't always make sense. And I just really appreciate that. I'm emotional. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is actually so funny though. Like when we have people around on a Saturday after the game and we go to the shops, we're literally like four crates of beers and a crate of diet. <laughs> Let's go home. Yeah. And it's, it's little things like that, which, no, I just love it. And, and it's fun. Like it, I do hope that people um, like learn something about our religion. And it's quite funny. Cause I, I, when I was, especially when I first started rugby, I didn't want to tell people about it. Cause I didn't want like people to ex- like have an expectation. And now I'm like, 
so casual about it and it's sort of funny that like my personalities now become like especially over here it's like Delika's Canadian plays rugby and is Mormon like it's just like who I am <laughs> oh so good that like thanks so much for sharing all that with us that was, that was such a good discussion I love it. now we just have some light-hearted quick fire cues to finish with fun cool. okay number one would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or talk to animals? Uh, every language in the world. Oh, I thought you would have been an animal person. I don't know why. Well, the animals would be cool because it'd be cool to know what they're thinking. But if I spoke every language in the world, do you imagine how many conversations I could listen in on? Like, they would have no idea I was sitting there getting all the goss and they're just going about thinking oh that girl she just speaks english and then i'd like <laughs> jokes i speak all of these languages <laughs> you're definitely secretly referring to your french teammates yeah. and they wouldn't know that you can speak french <laughs> well they've i've sat at a table and this is not me complaining but i've sat at a table and they were all speaking french and i'm just sitting there being like i have no idea what anyone's saying <laughs> brilliant so Question two is, would you rather have invisibility or super strength, but when you can squat 160, you don't need super strength. Yeah. Yeah, that one's, and to be honest, I don't think I'd want to be invisible um, because. But but you already have super strength as a power, so you could have invisibility. Yeah, so you can't take it. You have to take invisibility. (laughs) I've lost the right to choose. Sorry. Sorry, no, no, you can choose. No, no, actually, if the super strength came with um, removing the amount of effort it takes to do that, like, because as much as everyone's like, oh, you can lift so heavy, inside I'm like, yeah, and my spine is breaking. So, like, if we could just get rid of that part. <laughs> okay, you justified that really well. We'll allow it. <laughs> um, okay, question three. I feel like because you are a Mormon, this is a really silly question because you will definitely refill, but... If the toilet paper roll is really low, not completely out, would you replace it or just leave the little scraps for the next person? So um, this is actually, this is funny because I would say at home, I'm really bad for leaving it. But when you live with other people, um, it's like me trying to be considerate, being like, oh, I don't want them to be like, Delica's just a pain and I just left it. So I'm like, really good about refilling it but I think that that's something I learned by living with uh flatmates and roommates that I don't want them to hate me yeah no that's fair I've only started refilling the toilet roll recently because of this question (laughs) because I'm like I can't be that guy that I judge on our podcast I don't want to speak to but there is someone in this house who's not good at it and I I don't know I don't want to point fingers is it Rona (laughs) I'm not good, guys. Like, let's, let's move on, okay? Question four. Okay, question four. But anticlimactic. What is your favourite day of the week? Oh, favourite day of the week. Mm, well, Saturdays are rugby days, so that makes them real great. But in all honesty, I would probably say Wednesdays. Wednesdays are a great day. You're halfway through the week. Um, generally Wednesdays are the day you get off. That's my like free day. And I, I sleep a lot on Wednesdays. Like I just lay down, do absolutely nothing. 
generally I get a treat on Wednesdays. Like there's so many reasons Wednesday is a great day, but I'll say Saturday first and Wednesday because rugby, love it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> nice, strong. <laughs> I quite like a Wednesday too. I don't know. I, I get that Wednesday feeling as well. Yeah. And it's the coolest name day of the week, like Wednesday. That's, that's really cool. Okay, swiftly moving on. Last question. What is your star sign? My star sign? Like, as in... Your, your horoscope. Oh, my actual... It, it, that one's less... I was like, am I... Do I make one up? Like, I was like... <laughs> my horoscope, I think... Well, it's hard because they've added a 13th constellation, but that doesn't... We don't do that one. We don't do that one. Um, I'm a Gemini, and um, so, which is really exciting. But also, on a fun fact, I had a coworker once ask me my star sign. I said Gemini, and they're like, yeah, my ex-husband was a Gemini. He's a backstabber. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> Savage. Well, Geminis are apparently playful, intellectual, curious constantly juggling a variety of passions mormon and rugby um <laughs> social butterflies of the zodiac you're quite a social butterfly was i wow that was a nice one you know sometimes i just uh, you know when you get a bad day in those horoscope things and you're like wow I, <laughs> i'm not doing that well but that one was refreshing and i hope i have all those qualities